We recently we've been looking at giving thanks. You've over the past month given thanks for those that have gone before us in the faith when we went through All Saints Sunday and we've looked at giving thanks for what God is doing in our lives and in our world and we've been focused on living with this attitude of gratitude, uh, seeking to change the way that we think and the way that we live and the way that we encounter the world, uh, striving to to live through a lens of graciousness and having a gracious heart. And as we praise God for all things that God is doing, let us not forget to thank God for those fellow Christians, uh, thanking God for those people who provide blessings and strength in our daily lives. And, and we hear this exemplified in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, where it says, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray, and it's always a prayer full of joy, and I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed until now. I'm sure about this, the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in defense and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this, that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then... You will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ in order to give glory and praise to God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in the book of Philippians, it's a letter with, a, with an overarching tone, if you will, and it's a tone which we should all seek to have in our lives, and a tone with which we should all seek to live our lives. We should seek to live a life marked by encouragement and congeniality and support of one another. And this particular section of the letter, this very beginning of it, has become known as the Paulinian Thanksgiving because Paul being the author and he's giving thanks for those that he is in ministry with. I thought, what an appropriate text for this week where we will celebrate Thanksgiving. And it's that reminder and an encouragement for us to be thankful for one another. I mean, think of the words that we hear at the very beginning. I thank God upon every, for every time that I remember you. Every time I mention you in my prayers, I thank God for you. When I think of you, it causes me to break out in an exclamation. It triggers me to prayer, to prayers of with a glad heart. That I rejoice in knowing you and being in that we are in ministry together. Who in your life does this describe? 
Who are those people, when you think of them, that you give thanks, that it causes you to move to prayer, to give thanks to God for for what God is doing because it wells up within you such great joy? Those that have encouraged you and empowered you to go on, to release the tether of those things that hold us back, to become true disciples. Who are those that in concert with God have helped shape helped to shape and make you who you are. Because no man or woman is an island unto themselves. We're not called to do life by ourselves. We are called to do it in community and communion with one another. This is why we hear about the body of Christ and the blood and the family of God and all of those things where it's calling us to community that, that our lives touch many others and the lives of many others touch us. This is what we learned. Honestly, uh, one of the weird things that we've learned through this pandemic is that kind of circle of influence that those people that are that you're in contact with on a regular basis that your life affects and their life affects you. And in verses 3 through 6, we we hear Paul saying that there are two reasons that he has this thankful nature for those persons. And it's his remembrance of them and their partnership with him. He's remembering and reflecting upon their relationship. And he's thankful for their participation in the gospel. Sharing in the gospel from the first day that they heard about it until now, he says, that they, that they have continued to share God's good news and proclaim it. They're living out their faith as they believe and proclaim God's message. They are those that have, have shown love in a world of hate. They are those that have given hope amidst the darkness, mercy and compassion in a world that can be harsh and mean. I mean, Paul is sitting in jail But he is finding reasons for gratitude and hope. And he proclaims that his reason for gratitude and hope is because he has people in his life that he knows are proclaiming the good news. That bring him hope. That fill him with love and joy. And it's the Philippians that fill him with such gratitude and hope. The love that they have shared in their past breaths and in their life up until the present and even going on into the future. So who are those people in your life that give you gratitude, that give you hope? I've come to realize that sometimes, whether we intend to or not, we find ourselves taking for granted those people in our lives because... They're, they're, that's just, they're just being who they are, and we, we don't even think about giving them uh, thanks in the moment. Like I said, many times it may be because we are taking it for granted, and we just assume that, they are, that they're just doing what they do, but sometimes it also may be because the things that they say or the things that they do challenge us. They challenge the way we live, the way we think, the way we operate. They, they, they push against the, the culture, uh, and so they challenge us to a countercultural approach to life. This is not about me, but it's about us. It's about God. It's about love and compassion. They challenge us to live our faith more fully as we see what true, authentic faith looks like lived out. It challenges us to be better, to live a life 
That, that leads us to ask the question, not only who are those people in my life that are guiding me and I'm thankful for, but who in my life is thankful for me? Am I living a life that others would say that they are thankful for? I mean, I'm reminded that this past week I had dinner with a a pastor, a friend of mine that was my minister growing up. And as we sat and we shared and we talked, story after story arose of how he encouraged me to pursue ministry, of how he showed me how to live and to love well, and, and, and how he showed me how to minister to people even when it wasn't easy, how he Always, even when it's in times where I felt like he was pushing too hard, he continued to push me forward and to strive and to call me to strive to do my very best. How he encouraged me when I didn't feel that I could do it, and how he would always nudge me to pursue after God. Even to the point where when I did decide to enter into ministry, he was my mentor in, in, in candidacy process and He gave me some of the best wisdom I've ever heard when it comes to ministry of don't let your walk with God get in the way of your ministry. And these are all things that I, you know, I just kind of took for granted because he was my pastor. Of course he was supposed to be doing that stuff. That's what his job was, if you will. But then I started to realize that as he pushed me and he challenged me, it was out of love and compassion and how grateful I am that he saw something in me that I did not see in myself. How grateful I am that him and many others in my life have lived out their faith in such a way that it challenges me to be more authentic in love and grace and mercy. That it challenges me to be present in moments. That it challenges me to be God's hands and feet when it would push me out of my own comfort zone. And I am thankful for those people. And I love that Paul doesn't leave it right there because just as he opens with this kind of twofold thanksgiving of I'm thankful as I remember and as I recall about what we have been doing in our partnership with one another, he closes with a, with a twofold plea, if you will, that he says that I pray that you will continue to grow and mature in your life. And this is that shift where we move from who are we thankful for to are we living lives that others would say they're thankful for us? Are we continuing to grow and mature in love? As he has acknowledged, as Paul has acknowledged and given thanks for their love of God and their love of neighbor, and as we have acknowledged and given thanks for the people in our lives that have exemplified to us love of God and neighbor, the question still is, what do you continue to do? Don't, don't stop there and say, okay, I've done enough. Somebody is thankful for me. Somebody said thank you. But continue to grow and mature in your faith that you, that you are living out. That At the day of Christ, as they say, you will be pure and blameless. As followers of Christ, we are called to continue to grow in love. To continue to grow... Not just in some feeling of love, but in actual love. 
You see, growing in love is not just about the idea of compassion for one another, but it is also about justice and forgiveness and making tough choices. It's a call to continue to grow, to continue to set the example, as we, as we hear from Paul later, to follow me as I follow the example of Christ, to continue to strive to be more and more like Jesus Christ each day. To live a life that is marked by justice and forgiveness, by grace and mercy, and even compassion and love. As Paul gives thanks for those in his life that have done this, he he desires that they not stop there but continue to grow. That their deep and passionate commitment to love might overflow with knowledge and insight. He's saying, as you continue to go about your life, I give thanks for where you're at and for where what we've done together in the past, but let, let us continue to love well and to love much and to love appropriately. Let, let, let's, and I love the fact that he uses this idea of growing in knowledge and insight. It's, let us use our heads to test our feelings. Let us, be, let us root our love in sincerity and in wisdom that we may say, God, Teach me to do better each day. Let me, let me be better today than I was yesterday. I love this text from Paul because it's a, it's a simple reminder that life is hard. It's harder to do it alone. So let us give thanks to those that have made our lives a little bit easier. And as we grow in relationship with God and one another, let's go forth seeking to share that same love, care, and compassion with others. Seeking to be a beacon of the light of Christ in a world of darkness. Seeking to make others' lives easier. Let us go forth giving thanks and living lives that promote our thanks to God so that others may look to us and be thankful. Let us not try to make one another's lives more difficult, but let us seek to live in community and love of Jesus Christ, growing and maturing in our faith. Let us go forth seeking to live with an attitude of gratitude for who God is, and those persons that God has placed in our lives. Amen. Amen.